Hi, Pathway family, and welcome to church. We're going to continue our new series uh, this morning with uh, talking about our perspective. We hope that you're enjoying this series, and you can always go back and watch uh, previous messages uh, on our YouTube channel, or you can go get to them directly from our website. So we're going to jump into our perspective, and we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles wherever you are today, and turn to chapter uh, 5 of 2 Corinthians, and we're going to start in verse 16. It says here, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who was reconciled to us, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray this morning to start things off. Lord, we thank you so much for being here with us as we study your word, as we get deeper and, and try to change our perspective on life, Lord, and try to change it in a way that, that glorifies your name and glorifies who you are and who you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that my words would fall away and Lord, that you would speak to us today uh, directly and speak to our hearts. Help us, help us be changed by you, Lord, and your spirit. We love you so much and we thank you for your spirit. In your name, amen. So as some of you guys might know, I'm a big Disneyland fan and Disneyland has some cool little tricks. There's hidden Mickeys all over the place and there's different things that you can see that kind of relate back to the movies and things like that. One of the things that they have in Disneyland and it's a little known thing, not a ton of people know about it, is there's a statue of a girl uh, picking flowers. And this statue is actually designed, when they designed this statue, to change depending on how you were looking at the, the statue and what angle you were looking at this statue. So for kids who are down low, uh, looking up at this girl picking flowers, she looks like a young child picking flowers. It's very fanciful. It's very, uh, just reminds them of youth and kind of inviting, welcoming, you know, into this fantasy land. For adults, when you're taller, you look downward at this statue and her hair looks longer from this perspective. It looks different from this angle. And it actually, it's, they designed it in a way to try and remind people who are older of being uh, a child, of being just whimsical and picking flowers in a field. It's an amazing kind of feat of science and it's, it's also a little weird that they can manipulate us like that, but, but it's neat because depending on how you're looking at this statue, it can mean two different things. And, and really, that's what perspective is. And so when we talk about perspective today, we're going to really be talking mostly about verse 16, when he says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We have that different perspective. And I like how the Amplified Version says it. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view or according to worldly standards and values. And the truth is that there's a temptation to look at people and treat them just a little bit better than before. 
uh, we knew Christ. We're going to treat them nicer because our parents told us to or because we learned at church that we should treat people nicer. Um, and, and we don't really have that you know, there's not a heart change. There's just an outward attitude change. And so when we come to Christ, we're made new though. And we must look at everyone and everything through a different set of eyes. And that set of eyes, guys, is Jesus's set. He gives us how we should be viewing people around us. He shows us how we can change our heart and change our perspective to see people in a new light, in a new way. And so that we don't continue just treating people a little bit better, we actually change how we think and how we feel about people around us. And so really everyone has more to the story uh, than, than what's actually on the outside. 2 Corinthians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 18 says this, it says, while we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We don't look at the temporary outside things that we can see in people. We look at the eternal things and, and their heart. And we're going to talk a lot about heart substance today. But throughout all of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about how we don't, how we do not, or how we should not uh, care about the outward appearance of man. Um, some examples are, are chapter 5, verse 1, verse 7, verse 12, and, and we won't go into each of these verses right now, but you can go back and you can see how Paul is talking about we don't care about the outward appearance anymore. The appearance of a man should not matter, but the substance of his heart should be what we focus on. And that's so true in our own lives and so often especially because of when and how we all live now. There's this emphasis uh, in society that places a value on having nice things, living in a nice house, dressing nicely, having our entire lives quote-unquote put together um, so that people think that we have things put together. Uh, my, my mother used to say, having all of our ducks in a row. Um, there was another phrase that she said, having all of our poop in a group. And so whether whatever saying you use as a family, we like to have our appearance show people that we have our lives put together. But our outward appearance, it can be deceiving. Especially to our inward reality. When, when life is hard, guys, and sometimes our outward appearance doesn't reflect that, where inside we're going through all of this turmoil and all of this struggle and, and different feelings and thoughts and emotions. And so it's easy to outwardly show that things are put together, but inside there can just be a, a storm going on. And so I don't want to look the part of a Christ follower. It's, it's very hard to fake <laughs> heart attitudes. It's very easy to fake being a Christ follower. It's easy to look like going to church or praying out loud or reading my Bible or a, a lot of guys in ministry will have books upon books and shelves on books and, and just tons of stuff that's just like, wow, that's great, but do, you know, is all of that actually changing who you are? And so I want my heart to be changed. Jesus told us to love one another as we love ourselves. We have this attitude that, that we kind of become the center of our universe and, and that everything revolves around us. And, and guys, according to the Bible, everything revolves around the gospel. Everything revolves around Jesus Christ and what he did for a completely hopelessly lost people, uh, society, <laughs> really everyone that's ever lived.
And so Ephesians 4.32 says this, it says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Tender-hearted towards one another. Guys, we have this habit of looking at people, and not just other Christians, but people outside of the faith, and we, we immediately come to judgments or assumptions about who that person is, how they talk, how they walk. Um, a good example, I had a friend even here, uh, when I moved to Winkler, that I met this person one day and thought, man, I hate that person and he probably hates me. And and now we we are, you know, a couple of years into it and we realize that I think we like each other a lot. Um, I know that I like him a lot. I don't know if he likes me a lot. But once we've been made new in Christ, we no longer should be looking at the worldly appearance or the fleshly appearance, but the, at the heart uh, forgiving and loving everyone. And everyone is an interesting word because it means everybody. It means all people, not just people who we get along with, not just people who we deem worthy of our forgiveness and our love, but people that we don't even know we should be treating with this love and this mercy. And guys, the truth is, is in my own life, I've done some stupid things and we're not going to go down that list uh, right now because we don't have four hours, but I've done some really dumb things in my life and I've embarrassed myself to other people. I've, I've treated others poorly and I'm not talking about just the time when I was <laughs> not walking with Jesus. I'm talking about times at the Bible college or times in my own personal life outside of that. I've hurt my wife. I've done stupid things and I need those people to forgive me and, and I want those people to forgive me. I want to have an understanding that, guys, I mess up all the time. Even as you guys, is, one of you guys as pastors, I mess up and I will need forgiveness. And I'll do things that, that maybe you disagree with or that, that make you feel uh, like I was attacking you. And, and hopefully that's unintentional. But even if it's unintentional, I need that forgiveness. I need that grace and I need that mercy. And so I need you to not, <laughs> we need to look at each other with Christ's eyes, uh, choosing trust is one of the things that we're going to talk about here in a minute. And just that idea of, I trust that you are not trying to hurt me. I trust that, you know, you are for me and you want to see me succeed just like I want to see you succeed. And so a person can, can look like they have it all together, uh, but Jesus is able to see their heart. And it should be our goal to see people as Jesus sees them. We should look at people as though Jesus sees them. And, and really, that's a hard thing to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we do that. And the first, the first way is we have the Holy Spirit as our helper. Um, as surprising as it may seem, we're better off right now since Jesus left to be with the Father than if he had stayed. Um, this is true because of the helper uh, that Jesus left us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He can be in all of our lives at the same time. And while Jesus was here on earth, he was limited to one physical body and, and could not be everywhere at all times. Now, whether he knew thing, all, all things at all times, we can get into that debate later. But guys, the idea is the Holy Spirit is able to minister to our hearts directly all the time. And, and so having the Spirit is actually better. And John 14, 26, Jesus even says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us and we no longer 
uh, know Jesus in the flesh, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Uh, we never did, to be honest. Nobody's that old. Uh, at least I hope not. Um, but Paul did. And so he's saying, you know, we don't know Jesus in the flesh like we did, uh, but now we have the Holy Spirit to help us become new and no longer look to the fleshly things about others. We don't look to, you know, whether or not they are um, dressed nicely or driving a nice car or having a nice house or, or even if they're just outwardly mean or outwardly ew. Like we don't look to those things. We look at the heart situation. And because of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to do that. And, and this is a lot of times uh, people will use the word discernment to describe this kind of thing, having the gift of discernment. And the gift of discernment is, is a gift from the Spirit that allows a person to have wisdom in, in situations and to see others' hearts and intentions. And so it is a gift that we should pray for. It's absolutely a beneficial gift. But, it, but that gift of discernment, I, I believe personally that we can actually learn how to do this a little bit through prayer with the Holy Spirit, allowing God to talk to our hearts about the people that we are interacting with. Having this new perspective, having this different perspective about people will change how we treat them, how we talk to them, how we love them. And so this is something that we definitely, definitely need to work on in our own lives. I need to work on in my own life. Uh, you might have it put together already. But without the Spirit, we can only judge others based on what our opinion is. Uh, and, and truthfully, that's not a good practice. It's a worldly practice, definitely. We watch, we watch competition shows all the time like American Idol or America's Got Talent or whatever other ones you may watch. And we, we watch it a lot of times to see the judging of the person who is singing, whether they're good or bad or otherwise. We can't wait to hear these judges either rip into the people that we don't like or praise the people that we do. And, and guys, you can see just on the surface of that how worldly it is to, to see someone just get ripped apart based on <laughs> what they're able to perform. And, and really, a lot of times we're not much different in the church, to be honest. We need the Holy Spirit's help, not only in discernment, but also in how we see and treat the heart of others. And, and not just others, guys, but everyone. Uh, enemies, strangers, or brothers and sisters in Christ. And so let's start there. Let's start with brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we are to choose trust, as I said before, towards one another. Uh, we need to treat each other with love and kindness, even in our uh, rebukes towards one another. So uh, one of the things that Jackie likes to tell me a lot, and she doesn't say it as much anymore, which is a good thing, I hope, but um, I, I used to be able to speak truth a lot towards other people. I'm, I'm very good at speaking truth. I'm not so great at speaking truth in love. And so one of the things that I need to work on in my own heart is how to speak truth in love towards others. Not just bashing people over the head with the truth of their situation, but doing it in a way that builds them up and edifies them and actually encourages them in the Lord. And so again, I work on that and I hopefully grow in that. And, and my wife gives me grace to, to allow me to grow into that. Look, we, we will disagree as brothers and sisters, but that does not mean that we need to eat each other alive, which is oftentimes what I see the church doing, uh, big C church, not necessarily pathway. But one of, the, one of the best sayings I've ever heard is we need to learn how to agree to disagree 
agreeably. And, and so we definitely need to push into that as brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's a whole slew of other things that we need to be doing, but guys, showing just a little bit of grace towards one another and being able to cultivate growth towards Jesus, that is what's going to help us to love one another as Jesus tells us to in scriptures, to love each other uh, better than we love ourselves. Now, we like to skip this next part a lot of times because we are also to see these people, uh, other people, our enemies and strangers even, in, with, this, with these Jesus goggles, with, with this new perspective. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 27. And, and we're going to read all the way to uh, verse 36. It says, but I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. He says, but I say to you here, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek and offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Uh, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend the, to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lead to sinner, uh, lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. This entire passage gives us a different perspective on how we should be treating those around us. Not just those around us, but the people who hate us. Guys, we should be loving the people who hate. Love your enemies. That's so counterintuitive to what we want to do. We want to lash out against them. We want to, we want to gossip about them behind their backs. We want to tell them what idiots they may be or, or how they've hurt us or how they've damaged us. And, and Jesus is saying here, don't do that. Do the opposite of that. And, and so it's this, Jesus treated others, uh, even those who hated him, with love and respect and mercy. We should take his example and, and we should be renewed in how we view others. Again, that idea of putting on Jesus goggles and seeing them through his eyes, not through our own. And, and the truth is, is we come to this conclusion of, yeah, well, why should I? And some of us are, are not asking that question in a... Uh, well, why? But kind of manner, but more of the, the well, I don't understand why I need to do this. And, and the truth is that often we think that we have been treated poorly. And so there's nothing that says we should change how we treat others. Because I've been treated poorly, I can treat that person poorly. And, and a lot of times you'll see this happen in, in family situations where the, the uh, like a parent, a uh, mother and a father will be fighting and the kids kind of catch some, some uh, shrapnel from the fight and they, they get something taken out on them that really the kids didn't do anything wrong. They're just getting in the way of the other fight going on. And so, so how, why should I be the first to change is one of my favorite books written by uh, Chuck Missler. I often give that one away. And it's, it's actually a marriage book, but uh, why should I be the first to change? Why 
why should I change when I'm already hurt? And here's the thing is Paul tells us why in 2 Corinthians. He says in verse 17 here uh, of chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We no longer live according to the world's standards or the flesh. Galatians 6.15 says, for in, Christ Jesus ne- for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Uh, we cannot and should not judge someone by their outward appearance, their, their, their physical circumcision, if you will, but by the substance or their spiritual circumcision of their heart. So judging people by the substance of their heart, look, we do that based on what the Holy Spirit gives us and how well we know others. But we don't do that based on whether they're circumcised or uncircumcised, which was definitely a cultural thing back then. But but there's that physical evidence of, of oh, you're circumcised, therefore you're in the club. We don't do that anymore because, let's just be honest, again, you can fake that. And so when we become new creations, that includes our attitudes, our opinions, on or about everything, including others, including everyone around us. It's not that we live according to the flesh anymore. We live according to the spirit because we have been made new. We are a new creation. Look Again, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so that means our eyes, our perspective, it's like growing up from that child looking at the Disney, Disneyland statue, growing up into the adult and having that different perspective. And so this is that maturing process that comes. And it's a hard process to, to take, but I, I challenge you guys uh, this week to, to look at people differently and treat people differently and catch yourself before you react in the moment, before you react in the flesh. How are you going to edify that person, even if they're your enemy? How are you going to treat them with love and respect and mercy, even if they're coming at you? You know, a lot of us on a daily basis will deal with people that just want our job or want our position or, or just want to <laughs> not like us. So how are you going to flip that and show them love and show them mercy? Because it is not your job to reciprocate. It's your job to, as Jesus says in, in Luke, he says, turn that other cheek. He says, give them your, your coat and, and don't, don't begrudge them for it. Don't act like they owe you anything for it. You've been given eternal life. You have been given salvation, saving away from hell to, to love others. And so we, we oftentimes think that we're sacrificing when, when we treat others with respect or with love or with mercy. Guys, can I say that that's shameful that we would act like we are sacrificing something so great by treating others the way we've been treated? Romans says that while we were still enemies, while we were still at war with God, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still fighting him, it's that idea of we, it wasn't that we were kind of thinking about Jesus and, oh, well, because he died for me, yeah, I guess I'll come. No, it was complete out. We... People hated God. We did not want anything to do with God. And yet he died for us. He died to forgive us of our sins. And so he's given us everything. And so it's a very small ask for us to treat others with respect, for us to treat others with love. 
And to change our perspective means to completely go against what the world says we should be doing. The world says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and and all these things. And the world says that that's how we get on top of each other. But Jesus has a different way. Jesus came to to fulfill that and change that rule and to say, no, it's, it's no longer an eye for an eye, but you know what? You can have both my eyes. You can slap both my cheeks. Here's my coat to go along with uh, the tunic. Here's, I'll, I'll not just walk with you one mile. I'll walk with you two miles. And so we have this idea that, guys, it's not about my personal love or my personal, the world doesn't revolve around me. The world revolves around Jesus and, and, and his hope in the gospel. And that's what we are to be doing. We are supposed to be gospel bearers. I was reading earlier uh, this morning about a, a guy and he, he used a term that I really liked and it was called hurry sickness. And I think that we get caught up in, in just the world and, and just the day-to-day life. We, we got to get to work. We got to eat breakfast. We gotta, uh, now we got to drive to work. And now once we're at work, we've got a million things to do. And now all of a sudden it's lunchtime and I'm behind. And, uh, and we have all of these things that we've got to get done. And so we don't treat others with respect because that's, that's not in my world. It's not in, my, it's not in my schedule to treat you nicely. It's in my schedule to get this task done. And so, guys, I encourage you to change your perspective this week and look at others first. How can you edify them? How can you build them up? How can you put them in your way purposefully, not to blow them up, but to love them? and to just show them kindness, and to show them Jesus Christ. Put on your Jesus goggles and start viewing others with His eyes. Stop getting into petty disagreements and fights. Start choosing trust and hoping the best in and for others. Being a new creation means that the old one has gone away. It no longer exists. Paul talks about crucifying the old man. Uh, viewing, viewing people or regarding them according to the flesh is denying the fact that Jesus Christ has made us new for a purpose. We have a purpose here. And that purpose is for his gospel. His desire is that we would view others with his eyes and start to see them with love and mercy. So I, I would encourage you this week as you move forward to show that love, show that mercy. And One of the best ways to do that, guys, is to spend time in prayer. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time reading your Bible. Look at how he interacted with people so that you can get his perspective. And then again, going back to the Holy Spirit, we pray for that discernment in how we can talk to people's hearts, how we can see their hearts and their intentions outside of what maybe their outer appearance is trying to tell us. I'm going to close with this verse, or these verses from Romans chapter 6. It's Romans 6, 3 and 4. And it says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So just like Jesus was raised from the dead and made new, we are raised from our old life into this new life. And we need to be made new with him. And so we need to walk in that newness of life. 
Thanks so much for listening this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are able to wash us and clean us and give us that new perspective. We are thank you that you desire and are patient with us as we learn how to have that new perspective. And Lord, I don't stand here acting like I am anything uh, but incomplete. Lord, I have so much learning to do on this. And Lord, I thank you that you are gracious to me and that you're patient with me. I pray that you would help me to have patience with others and that others would be patient with me as well. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, what you've done in our lives. And Lord, I pray that even today we would be made new in your eyes. And Lord, that we would be given new eyes to see others with. We love you and we thank you and we praise your name. Amen.